Hello everyone, Aunt Lizzie or Liz Underhill as I'm commonly known, I'm here and I'm here to get you out of the doom and gloom reports of everyday life by bringing a smile to your lips and a warmth to your heart, by dishing up some of my own real life stories from behind my bifocals and adding uplifting and humorous stories from others. This week, we're starting at our show with Miss Clara letting us know the importance of not focusing and staying in the present moment. Then I'd like to add some fun things from the Chatterbox New. How to plant tomatoes. Then the perils of a dark, stormy night. And picture this, peeing on my flowers. And to finish off some facts that perhaps you don't know, or even if, could they be true? here we are in the studio. Good morning, Miss Clara, and how has your week been? I'm anxious to hear about your behind your bifocal story about focus. Hi, Leslie, and hello to all you folks out there. I just wanted to share with you a little journey I took with my fob and car keys. I've been told to be in the now and focus. I've got such trouble with that one. My mind was on the past and my new shoes I had just bought a day ago, then on the present moment of driving backwards up the driveway to make it safely in the garage. Then it drifted off again into the future about how I was going to use those shoes when I go sashaying out dancing on Saturday night with my new date. A gal's got to think of all those things, you know, and you sure can't write it all down for your fading memory, especially when you're driving. Well, I can see you weren't focusing on the driving, Clara. You have to be careful of that. Well, I was imagining myself in those new shows and hoped I could dance in them. I knew I'd have to put band-aids across my heels so I wouldn't get a blister. They're a little pointed for my squared off toes and ingrown toenails and a wee bit high for my feet that were used to shuffling on the ground. But hey, a gal's gotta look modern, eh? I haven't worn those kinds of shoes for years, Clara. My idea of a dress shoe is a small pump. My old calves don't like the high ones anymore. Hey! I near took out the garage door, my fantasy, as I forgot to push the automatic door opener. But just in time, I came out of my reverie and found my rear end almost to the steel door. Well, I ran on the brakes so hard, it threw my head back in the seat, almost forcing my choppers to propel out of my mouth. Well, I gripped my lips tight, though, and all was well. <laughs> well, I'm so glad to hear you saved your choppers from flying around, Clara. <laughs> I got the door open and gingerly backed in the garage. I counted myself lucky and was gleefully congratulating myself on it when I spied the discarded shoebox ready for recycling. There I was again fantasizing about my shoes and, oh yes, what fancy dress and jewelry I'd be wearing. Hey, a girl has to think of all those things. Well, I tried to push the security lock on my keys when they flew out of my hand. Now, folks, my garage is metal with a cement block foundation, and the concrete floor was about an inch all around away from the wall. 
Would you really expect that the keys would land anywhere but down that wee trench? Oh, yeah. As I scrunched my head up against the middle to see, it was black, so I figured it was deep. I tried to put my hand down, but couldn't see in my hand anyway. It was too flat. Thank heavens I had a hidden house key under the front door mat as I bombed in the house looking for a flashlight. Out I went armed and angry. Isn't that always the way, though, Clara? It doesn't matter what happens. It always ends up in the most obscure place or like toast and peanut butter that gets knocked off the table on the floor. It'll always land peanut butter side down. Well, Lizzie, I shone the flashlight down the separation and could see a piece of my keys, which, by the way, contained my car key, house key, and filing cabinet key. I tried squeezing my hand down to tweak my fingers, hoping to grab on. The only success I had that way was skin knuckles and fingers from the foundation wall and floor. Oh, no. So, what did you do? I'm assuming by this story that somehow you retrieved them. Well, I had to all figured out. I needed something longer and skinnier than my hand. So, after rummaging around my kitchen drawer out, I came, as I said before, armed for any occasion. I was equipped with salad prongs, much too fat, two forks, too short, and they fell into a hole. A rubber spatula and a meat prong didn't work well together, and they fell between the cracks, and finally, two butcher knives. What an array of tools, Clara. Well, I tried to get the tools back up, but only succeeded in pushing them further down. I finally got the jagged edges of the knives on the little round loop holding my fob and keys together, and with much pleading, cursing, and crying, the knives managed to convince the keys to come back up. I can picture this vividly in my mind, and I'm sorry, but I feel a laugh bubbling up. I really think the jagged teeth on the knife scared the dickens out of the keys, and they thought they'd better cooperate. See what happens when you focus? Well, I'm here with my fob and keys, and cleaning out the dirt nestled in the microscopic cracks on them. And how's your week, Lizzie? Until the next week, remember to focus. Guess I'll say bye. An elderly man living alone in Milton wanted to plant his annual tomato garden, but it's very difficult work since the ground was hard. His only son, Paul, who used to help him, was in prison. The old man wrote a letter to his son and described his predicament. Dear Paul, I'm feeling pretty sad, well, because it looks like I won't be able to plant my tomato garden this year. I'm just getting too old to be digging up a garden plot. I know if you were here, my troubles would be over. I know you'd be happy to dig the plot for me, like in the old days, love, Dad. A few days later, he received a letter from his son. Dear Dad, don't dig up that garden. That's where the bodies are buried, love, Paul. At 4 a.m. the next morning, CID officers and local police arrived and dug up the entire area without finding any bodies. They apologized to the old man and left. That same day, the old man received another letter from his son. Dear Dad, go ahead and plant the tomatoes now. That's the best I could do under the circumstances. You never
know what the next moment holds. On a dark, stormy night, Bob Hill and his new wife, Betty, were vacationing in Europe, as it happens, near Transylvania. They were driving in a rental car along a rather deserted highway. It was late and raining very hard. Bob could barely see the road in front of the car. Suddenly, the car skids out of control. Bob attempts to control the car, but to no avail. The car swerves and smashes into a tree. Moments later, Bob shakes his head to clear the fog. Dazed, he looks over at the passenger seat and sees his wife unconscious with her head bleeding. Despite the rain and unfamiliar countryside, Bob knows he has to get her medical assistance. Bob carefully picks his wife up and begins trudging down the road. After a short while, he sees a light. He heads towards the light, which is coming from a large old house. He approaches the door and knocks. A minute passes. A small hunchman opens the door. Bob immediately blurts, Hello, my name is Bob Hill and this is my wife Betty. We've been in a terrible accident and my wife has been seriously hurt. Can I please use your phone? I'm sorry, replied the hunchback, but we don't have a phone. My master is a doctor. Come in and I'll get him. Bob brings his wife in. An older man comes down the stairs. I'm afraid my assistants may have misled you. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a scientist. However, it is many miles to the nearest clinic and I've had a basic medical training. I'll see what I can do. Igor, bring them down to the laboratory. With that, Igor picks up Betty and carries her downstairs with Bob following closely. Igor places Betty on a table in the lab. Bob collapses from exhaustion and his own injuries. So Igor places Bob on an adjoining table. After a brief examination, Igor's master looks worried. Things are serious, Igor. Prepare a transfusion. Igor and his master work feverishly, but to no avail. Bob and Betty Hill are no more. The Hill's death upset Igor's master greatly. Wearily, he climbs the steps to his conservatory, which houses his grand piano, for it is here that he has always found solace. He begins to play, and a stirring, almost haunting melody fills the house. Meanwhile, Igor is still in the lab tidying up. His eyes catch movement and he notices the fingers on Betty's hands twitch, keeping time to the haunting piano music. Stunned, he watches as Bob's arm begins to rise, marking the beat. He's further amazed as Betty and Bob both sit up straight. Unable to contain himself, he dashes up the stairs to the conservatory, bursts in and shouts to his master. You're going to kill me when I tell you the ending, but here it is. Master, master, the hills are alive with the sound of music. Now this one is about peeing on my flowers. A little old lady was walking down the street, dragging two large plastic garbage bags behind her. One of the bags was ripped and every once in a while a $20 bill fell out on the sidewalk. Noticing this, a policeman stopped her and said, Ma'am, there's $20 bills falling out of that bag. Oh, really? Darn it, said the little old lady. I better go back and see if I can find them. Thanks for telling me, officer. Well, not so fast, said the cop. Where did you get all that money? You didn't steal it, did you? Oh, no, no, said the old lady. You see, my backyard is right next to a golf course. A lot of golfers come and pee through the knot hole in my fence, right into my flower garden. It used to really tick me off. Kills the flowers, you know. 
Then I thought, why not make the best of it? So now I stand behind the fence by the knot hole, real quiet, with my hedge clippers. Every time someone sticks his thing through my fence, I surprise him, grab hold of it and say, okay, buddy, give me $20 or off it comes. Well, that seems only fair, said the cop laughing. Oh, good luck. Oh, by the way, what's in the other bag? Not everybody pays. Did you know, and could this be true? It seems the term stinking rich may have originated in the south of the Netherlands, where it was a custom for the ultra-rich upper classes to be buried beneath Roman Catholic churches. Common parishioners coined the phrase with some disdain to describe the privileged class. The tongue of a blue whale is as long as an elephant. Our eyes are always the same size from birth. Earth is not round, it is slightly pear-shaped. On average, people move every seven years. African elephants only have four teeth to chew their food with, and a housefly lives only 14 days. It's been reputed that Nathan B. Stubblefield, a farmer from Murray, Kentucky, made a voice transmission four years before Marconi transmitted radio signals. In 1892, Stubblefield handled his friend Rainy T. Wells' box and told him to walk away some distance. Wells said later, I'd hardly reached my post when I heard, Hello, Rainy, come booming out of the receiver. Stubblefield demonstrated his invention to the press in 1902, but being afraid that his invention would be stolen, never marketed his wireless radio. When he was found dead in 1929, his radio equipment was gone. Nikola Tesla remains to be acknowledged as the inventor of the radio. Although a cow has no upper front teeth, it grazes up to eight hours a day, taking in about 45 kilograms, 100 pounds, a feed, and the equivalent of a bathtub full of water. Cows also are one of the main contributors to the hole in the ozone layer. The average lifespan of a cow is seven years. The oldest cow ever recorded was Big Bertha. She reached 48 in 1993. She also holds the record for producing 39 calves. Cows that are called individually by name and cows that are played classic music to provide more milk. 12 cows are known as a flink. If you enjoy Life with Aunt Lizzie, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I love to bring you these uplifting and fun pieces of humor and sometimes thought-provoking articles. And if you'd like to receive our Chatterbox News, where you'll find all kinds of fun things to bring a smile to your lips and a warmth to your heart, please visit www.lifewithauntlizzie.com and sign up for your free personal copy. Thank you for visiting with us this week, and we look forward to tickling your funny bone on further episodes. Meanwhile, Take care, keep smiling, until the next time.